Ion 2020, episode 335. When somebody's the president of the United States, the authority is total. The authority is total. The authority is total. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Find out what is in it. In an empire lies, the truth is treason. The truth is treason. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. By the military-industrial complex. I don't know about you, but I am always dealing with these clueless people on the internet and in my daily life, and I was looking to learn how to defend libertarianism, and if you're in that same position, you want to learn how to defend libertarianism, advocate for a free market, and win any political or economic debate, then you need to join Liberty Classroom. That's Tom Wood's Liberty Classroom, and you could do that by going to iontheempire.com slash liberty. If you do that, you'll be able to earn the equivalent of a PhD in libertarian thought and free market economics online for just 24 cents a day. That's amazing. Once again, go to iontheempire.com slash liberty. What's up, everybody? Ray in here, host of Ion2020, looking at the presidential debate. This is your debate episode Doing one for you on Friday. The debate was last night. Uh, I actually record this show directly after the debate, so it'll actually be released uh, within about 35, 40 minutes maybe uh, of the debate. It depends on how long I go with this episode, but the, the debate was over, and I just jumped into my recording studio and started making sure that I am ready to go with a show for you. Took some good notes and everything like that. So... Let's talk about it. Let's talk about this debate. So I'll be honest with you, this was way better than the last debate. I mean, maybe they got it. Maybe the moderators got it right. Maybe Donald Trump realized not to be such an idiot and talking over Joe Biden the entire time being so argumentative. Uh, he really was civil and so was Joe Biden. I don't think anyone will sit there and look at this debate and say, wow, this was worse than the first debate. The first debate, you guys know this, and I talked about it on the show, it was clearly just despicable and idiotic the way that uh, that Donald Trump acted. And whether you like Donald Trump or not, it was just, it was a terrible debate. Nobody could watch it. Maybe, maybe, maybe his supporters really thought that he came off as a strong, hard man or something like that during that first debate. But nobody else did. His poll numbers started falling at that time as well. Uh, he probably dropped five or six points because of it. They, he just looked like a very immature person who just wanted to be argumentative and screaming and hollering and just, and just talking over. And then the right, the people that were like the Fox News types, they kind of came to the conclusion that, oh, no, well, both of them were, you know, argument, argument, or being argumentative, and that Joe Biden was being argumentative as well during that first debate. No, it was Donald Trump. I mean, what whether Joe Biden or not was the first person to talk over somebody, it really, that's just a normal debate if I talk over you. But then Donald Trump just went crazy during that first debate. So this debate, 
let's focus on this debate because it was way better than the first debate. It was almost like two completely different people were on stage during this debate. It was interesting to watch because the the two candidates were not really speaking over each other. They did mute the microphone for Donald Trump, so he knew it. So it kept him in line. He wasn't trying to talk even with his microphone off. So most likely, his campaign people said, listen, man, this is your last shot, bro. This is it. You need to come off presidential. You need to come off as somebody who knows what he's talking about. You need to come off as a person that is going to lead this country better than Joe Biden. That's what they, they, they had to rain, they had to get down and tell Donald Trump that absolutely he has one chance. The elections in less than two weeks, this is your final closing argument. Look the part, bro. Look the part that, that, that had to have been what they said. Shut your mouth. Don't talk over Joe Biden and look presidential. And, uh, generally I would say that from, you know, from a 50,000 foot view, he looked like Donald Trump, but relatively presidential as much as Donald Trump can look presidential. Cause you know, he, the way that he talks is different than most politicians does or do the way that he expresses himself. He speaks, you know, he doesn't speak like a politician. He speaks kind of like the common man and kind of goes over back and forth and the way that he communicates, it's, it's like this, this speed talking and he changes from one subject to the next really quick, then gets back to the other subject and so forth. It's, it's, you know, it's Donald Trump, obviously not trying to look fake because I don't think that this guy even prepares for, for a, a debate. I think that he comes in, he has his talking points, he knows what he talks about. He has no need to really prepare but he, maybe there was a few points that he had to make. So, and I'm sure they kind of went over those things really briefly with him before. And, but yeah, his campaign people were like, bro, get with the program, look presidential and that's it. So Joe Biden, on the other hand, he did, I mean, he did not seem like he was confused. There was a few times where he stutters and he gets numbers mixed up and stuff like that. And I think he called the pr- the Proud Boys, the Pride Boys, or something like that. Uh, there was a few little mistakes that he made, but that's what people were expecting. He kept saying, "Come on, man!" Like every time my wife would hear him say, "Come on, man!" My wife would mock him, "Come on, man!" So he kept on doing that. There was actually a drinking game that I heard somewhere. I, I don't. I think it was. Not a drinking game. Sorry, it was a. It was. Uh, they were advertising. If you can guess how many times Joe Biden will say "Come on, man," he get entered into a a, a to win a prize for like fifty thousand dollars or something like that. So I mean, he probably said "Come on, man" thirty times throughout the throughout the debate. But he was Joe Biden. It was what you expected. You you if you were expecting him to be stuttering and making mix-ups and stuff like that on a level that would make you think that he has Alzheimer's, that was not the case. 
But if you looked at Joe Biden, that's just, he makes his normal gaffes, then that's Joe Biden. That's, that's who he is. And you already knew that. And that's, I mean, that I didn't expect him to be making any gaffes. I don't think he has the Alzheimer's thing. I think that was a, a made up thing, uh, over the course of the last, over the last year and a half or so, but he's Joe Biden. He's prone to gaffes and so forth. He did come off relatively confident as well. He seemed like he was in a in a much better uh, state than he was last time, just because there was so much argument and going argumentation going on and so forth. But he seemed relatively confident. Um, obviously, he's a Democrat, so he has his little talking points and stuff like that. And he's very politician-y as well. But generally, both candidates did good. I was asked. My wife says, "So, what do you think after the debate?" She said that to me. I said, I don't know. I have to think about it for a minute because I really do think that it was a draw in the sense that Joe Biden did not lose any supporters tonight. If you are going to vote for Joe Biden, you're still going to vote for him. On the other hand, for Donald Trump, I don't think that he lost any of his supporters tonight either. Whereas Donald Trump last time lost a lot of supporters, maybe now he was able to draw some of those people who were undecided back over to him because he gave coherent arguments, because he was not argumentative, because he seemed presidential. People like to vote for the status quo a lot of times. So in that sense, I think maybe it helped Donald Trump that the debate went off okay. Now, hear me out. Most people probably did not watch this debate tonight. I would love to see the numbers when they come out. But I think it'll have lower ratings than the last debate, quite possibly. And then most people turn the debate off pretty soon after it starts. So maybe it started at 9 o'clock. By 9.45 it was done, So, or they were done, so about a halfway into the debate. And both candidates were not really pulling a bunch of, you know, knockout blows during that time. There was really no real knockout blow for either candidate, really. Now, let's get into the moderator for a second, because there's something I was noticing from the very beginning with the moderator is that she gave Joe Biden the last word on almost every single segment that they went into, which I thought that was weird that, they, that she did that. She, oh, and also on top of that, if there was a point where Donald Trump went and spoke, Joe Biden went and spoke, and then Donald Trump came over to speak one more time, and then Joe Biden had the, had his second time speaking as well, and then if Donald Trump started speaking for the, on the, you know, for the third time, if he started speaking... She would try to say, hold on, we need to stay on topic, we need to stay on topic, and she would talk over Donald Trump every single time. But then, if Donald Trump said something that was directed towards Joe Biden, and he was cut off, so by that point, Donald Trump is cut off. You really couldn't hear what Donald Trump was saying because the moderator was speaking over him, but Donald Trump was saying something. Now, Joe Biden then would say, can I respond to that? And she'd say, yes, really quickly. And there was a few times, and she would say really quickly to respond to it, and she would give him 10, 15, 20, even 30 seconds, let him finish his full sentence, 
and then move on. And then as soon as Donald Trump says, hold on, I need to respond to that, what he just said, she would start talking over him saying, we need to move on, we need to move on. So the entire, it seemed like she was leading the crowd towards Joe Biden. It seemed like she was leaning to make things slightly easier on Joe Biden. Now that's my perception. And I'm kind of neutral. I, you guys know who I vote for, or I already voted, and I voted for the Libertarian candidate. So I have no horse in this match at all. I have no horse in this race, sorry. And I really don't love Donald Trump, and I don't love Joe Biden. Uh, so I don't, I don't feel like I'm biased whatsoever. But it seemed to me, because the moderator gave, him, gave Joe Biden the last word on almost every segment interrupted Donald Trump when he was trying to cut in and or, or try to make a, a final statement. But then if Joe Biden went, she would allow him to keep on talking. And then she would cut Donald Trump off again. And that happened almost every single time. It just didn't seem like she was really on. She didn't seem like she was completely neutral. Now, my wife said that he, she did a much better job than Chris Wallace. And that is true. Chris Wallace from the first debate had his hands full, though. I think that Chris Wallace generally seems like he is sort of neutral and tries to play a neutral party on a lot of these things, on a lot of these debate stages. Whereas this particular moderator didn't seem like she was complete. Now, generally, she was pretty neutral overall, but in a few certain cases, like what I just mentioned, I don't think that that was the case. And then the other thing that I noticed about the moderator is that Donald Trump kept going to the laptop. Going to the laptop story with, with the Hunter Biden laptop and trying to get Joe Biden to defend the laptop and the things that were on it and the millions of dollars that came to him through his son. The millions of dollars that came to his son through China, which was dispersed to the family. And the moderator kept trying to get off of that subject as fast as she can every single time. It seemed like she didn't want the question asked or the question or the the question answered during that time. So that seemed kind of odd to me as well. But you know what? I mean, it, she's an NBC News cons- news reporter. Most likely, she's not going to be completely unbiased in the first place. I'm willing to bet she is a Democrat, you know, voter. So it is what it is, obviously. Uh, a re- or especially uh, Donald Trump is not going to get a fair shake in the press in the first place. Uh, but you know what? In general, when you look at it, it was an overall a good debate. Unless you were really looking deep to see those things, you wouldn't have noticed it. <clears throat> But on the other hand, it did most likely sway people towards, if they, with the intent, it was to make Joe Biden look better than Donald Trump, if that was the case. I don't know. I mean, that, that was just my gut feeling on it. So um, so what did they talk about then? What, what was the, the first thing that they talked about is the fight against coronavirus and how would you lead the next phase, you know, and Trump was saying, listen, there's a vaccine coming. It's coming soon. It'll be here within weeks. You know, I have Operation Warp Speed going and uh, 
and so forth. And the first thing I noticed, this was the first thought that came up. And the first thing I noted was that he's talking less erratically. He's not being crazy. Um, he seems very calm, which was good. But anyway, Donald Trump kept making the point about the you know fighting for, against coronavirus. Listen, we're rounding the corner, is what he said. We're rounding the corner. There's a vaccine coming. We have Operation Warp Speed. We're going to get things there. And then, Don, and then Biden, his response was that basically anybody, anyone responsible for as many deaths as Donald Trump has had, which is 228,000 deaths, should not remain president. What I thought about that was, well, there would have been deaths anyway, you know, so how many of those are on Donald Trump's hands or not? Do Americans think critically when they hear that? I mean, I'm sure most of Biden's voters are just like, yeah, 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 he killed these people, but... In general, I'm not thinking that's the case. Now, when Donald, uh, getting back to Donald Trump, what he says, this Operation Warp Speed and the vaccine is coming and so forth. Um, yeah, it's coming, but I don't know that a lot of people are very confident in it as well. You know, so did that help his message? Are we around the corner? Um, it depends upon what you, who you're listening to in the press and how you are perceiving the entire uh, coronavirus thing anyway, if you think that. We are rounding the corner. I generally think that we're rounding the corner. I generally think that we should, you know, the government should be hands off mostly, except for maybe giving information and good, solid information, because right now it just became a political issue. And when it's a political issue, then you do have people taking sides on one side or the other. So if the government was less political, if the politicians would stand up and just let people talk, then maybe they would say, yeah, this is what you should do. And then most people would, you know, social distance, wash your hands, stay clean, uh, be more careful when you're out, maybe keep your distance from other people. And so like people would make decisions about their life if they have good information on it. I've always said that you don't need the government force. Let's say 70% of the people would, st- or 78% of the people would do, would take necessary precautions the government putting mandates on things maybe makes those 80% of people still take precautions where they would have anyway. And you might get another five or 10%, maybe 5% of people that will comply because there's a government mandate, you know? But anyway, Joe Biden, anyone that has 200,000 deaths does not deserve to be president. The president has no plan. You know, I, and then he says, I'll have a national plan for, and he holds up a mask for these things right here. And for opening schools, there needs to be a national plan. And then we need to have, you know, a national plan for vaccines. We need a national plan for this and that and other thing. And I was, oh, and for PPE and all this stuff. And then Trump responds and says, you know what? Let's be honest. All those things that you are just talking about, those are things that we're already doing, you know, but there isn't really a national plan, I guess. But I mean, this country has done, and and I guess Trump's defense in some way um, on that particular issue, like there has been like 125 million tests done or something like that. So there is a national strategy in some way to do more testing and have it ready and so forth, you know? Um, They talked a lot about the China thing and closing the border, And Donald Trump closed the border in like middle of January, or actually it was late January. So the idea of closing the border came up by uh, a Senator Tom Cotton, I think it was. And then that was on 
I did the research on this the other day, so I just happened to know it. Um, it was about January 20th or so, Tom Cotton had a meeting with President Trump and says, you need to close the border to China. And then it was like four or five days. It might have been three days later. It might have been four or five. I'm not sure exactly. But it was like within three to five days later, Donald Trump had closed the border to China. And Donald Trump was like talking with, uh, during the debate. Trump said to Joe Biden, you criti- criticized me for for closing the border to China and called me racist and all these other bad words and stuff like that. And Joe Biden was like, no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. From my recollection, the Democrats were completely against the idea of closing the national border. I don't know for or to China. I don't know for sure if it was Joe Biden that was saying it, but I know for a fact that the Democrats were against the idea of closing the border to China because it was only like one case in Seattle at that point of coronavirus, maybe a few more. So I remember that specifically that they criticized Trump for that. And I think that it was when a week or two later that he closed the border to some of the higher, the places that were having higher uh, counts as well, like Italy and France and Spain as well. And then eventually they closed the border off completely. But by that point, the coronavirus is already here, blah, 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 you know? But... Then they got into the whole idea of reopening. And Trump seems like he is on the side of keeping the economy open. And he said it. He really did say, and I I, I like what he said. He said that we know who this virus affects. It affects the old. It affects people with diabetes. It affects, you know, people that have pre-existing conditions and so forth. We need to protect them. But our our country if we want it to if if we want a country we cannot close up again is basically what he said and then Donald and then Biden gets to the point and he says you know what we need is is people are you know people in America are dying and they know death and all this stuff you know um so Biden is clearly on the side of more lockdowns and I, he didn't say a national lockdown he said lockdowns throughout the country and stuff but does that stuff need to be directed by the federal government because these cities are going to do small lockdowns these states are going to do small lockdowns and so forth whereas trump seems like he's on the side of not doing the lockdowns and encouraging states not to lock down but to expend your resources where they're the most, where they'll do the most good, which is with the older people. That's what it seemed like to me that he was saying. I don't know if other people took it that way, but I thought that was pretty good. I really do. Joe Biden, he says during this whole thing, he goes on and he says, you know, we need to have, we need to do lots to help people out and have plexiglass dividers. And we need this, we need to have people wearing masks in restaurants and we need to have people separated in restaurants and stuff. Duh, people are already doing that, Joe. They already knew that. But then on the other hand, then he says, he looks in the screen, he says, all you teachers out there, you know, not many of you guys are going to die, don't worry. And then he says, come on, come on. And I just thought that was a really weird statement. But these people do not want to open up. Like, it just does not seem like that to me. When kids 
do not get the virus the same way that adults do. Kids are not dying from the virus. I I did a count the other day and it was like less still, still less than like 80 kids have died from this virus that are under 14. If you look at people 24 and under, it's like less than 400 total still. So if you do have older teachers that are susceptible to the virus, if you look at the numbers and you're like, okay, hey, 80, 90% of our teachers are under 50. So they should be fine. If you, you know, if you have kidney failure, if you have a lower immune system, you know, go ahead and stay home. We'll have you teach, you know, teach some sort of online type classes or whatever, but the other ones can come and work, you know? Uh, anyway, Joe Biden, he, he's for lockdown. Trump was not. And Trump made a pretty good case. He, he seems like he is up to par with what they talked about in the Great Barrington De- Declaration, which is expend your resources where they're going to do their most work. That was good. Next topic. So I underlined this. It says, I wrote, I put Trump, every time Joe gets money from Wall Street, deals are made. That's what Trump said. Because <laughs> Biden brings up Wall Street and that Donald Trump is, you know, is working with Wall Street or something like that. And then Trump says, I don't get any money from Wall Street, Joe. I don't get any money. And then he said, and I thought it was funny. He says, every time Trump or Joe gets money from Wall Street, deals are made. And it was just an interesting way that he said that. Uh, it was just funny. That's all. It was funny. Because they were having an argument back and forth. And I was just like, yeah, whatever. Because um, that was supposed to be on the whole coronavirus thing and stuff like that. But somehow it got onto money coming in from uh, from Wall Street. Uh, getting on to the laptop thing, Donald Trump did try to bring it up several times about the laptop, and he, he made a really funny comment, I thought, when he said, um, when he said to Joe, well, you're getting money from somewhere, because Joe was talking about being able to stay home and in his basement, or no, wait, Donald Trump says, Joe, you're able to stay home and, and be in your basement, but not everyone can do that. But I guess you're getting money from somewhere. Or you're a very wealthy man. You must be getting your money from somewhere. And that was alluding to the, that was the first point that he made where he was alluding to the, uh, the money coming in from his son's dealings or whatever. Interesting stuff. Uh, now, let me give you some backstory of what happened today since the last time I recorded is there was actually a witness that came out I guess he is a friend of, or a a business associate of Hunter Biden. He says, yeah, I have these two phones. I'm going to turn them over and they have information on them. But I have a witness that says that, yes, uh, Hunter Biden was working with his father to, you know, get money and pay to play and all that stuff, pay for uh, influence and stuff. So we'll see what comes from that. Joe Biden did call it a Russian hoax towards the end. He kept on bringing that up. It's a Russian hoax. You can't trust Rudy Giuliani. He's a asset. He's, you know, doing the bidding of the Russian government and stuff. But Donald Trump kept going back to it and saying, you're going to tr- call this a Russian hoax. This is, needs to be answered. Do you want And then he says to Joe Biden, do you want to answer it right now? Do you want to answer right now? And then at one point, Trump says, uh, you got to give 10% to the big man. Joe, you're the big man, right? 
And uh, <laughs> he says, do you want to explain to the American people right now about uh, this money and all that? I'll give you the chance right now. And Joe Biden didn't really go for it. He just kept on calling it a hoax. He kept on calling it Russian interference in the election that they don't want me elected, da 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 you know? It was interesting. So that was uh, that was the topic with like some foreign policy stuff with Russian and Iran influencing the elections. Uh, Donald Trump says, I'm one of the hardest people on China ever and the hardest person on Iran and on Russia and all that stuff, you know? Uh, Trump, they started talking about tariffs on China and so forth. And Trump came up with the whole tariff thing. You guys know how I feel about that. If you listen to the show for a while, tariffs are not paid for by China. They are not paid for by anybody except for you and me. When we go to this store and buy something, it might only raise the price of your product five or 10 cents or 20 cents or two cents or a half a penny, but still it is still being paid, but for by you and me when there's a a tariff placed on China. But Donald Trump said, no, China paid this ter- these tariffs or whatever. That's not true. All they do is raise the prices and then when it comes in. And then Joe Biden said, and this is probably a good line for Joe Biden, and I, it might have helped him out a little bit because uh, Donald Trump says, I pay or you know I paid the the farmers thirty two billion dollars to help them because of these China tariffs or something, and then or the tariffs that China put on American goods. And then Joe Biden said that was the taxpayer's money, $32 billion of taxpayer money. And then Donald Trump says, no, it was China. It was China paid it. But that's not true, guys. That's not true. I'll fact check that right now. That's not true. Tariffs are paid for by the consumers that are consuming the products. All taxes are paid for by the consumers that are consuming the products. If there's a tax on a car that you buy where the federal government is taxing General Motors and it, they're taxing General Motors 10% of whatever that car is, you know, the price of that car, then you're paying 10% for more for that car. That's all there is to it. It's a cost of doing business. That's the way they, so whenever, you know, it's just like you have, okay, 10% of the value of the car is going to go to the taxes, but we also have to buy the seats. We have to buy the wheels. We have to do this. It's just like you bought your wheels and all that. You just assume that you're going to have 10% go into the federal government. So you're going to go ahead and build that into the price of the vehicle. Same thing with, with, with that. So that could have helped Joe Biden. It actually made it sound more reasonable. Uh, Republicans trying to defend Trump on tariffs is stupid. I hate when they do it because it's not a good thing. It is not a good thing. Uh, Donald Trump did talk a little bit about war. He said, we don't have a war going on with North Korea. I wish he would have got into more of the focus on Afghanistan and Iraq and so forth. No talk about ending the wars there. Uh, He said, but they were talking about North Korea and that they're a bad actor on the stage and all that. And Donald Trump was like, listen, at least we're not at war with them. And then Biden's like, yeah, but you've legitimized North Korea and uh, we wouldn't have met with them unless there was preconditions on denuclearization. And then Donald Trump's like, listen, there's no war. Y'all left me a mess. There's no war. I talked to this guy. You know, he's a, I talked to him. We have a good relationship, blah, 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 you know. And generally, I don't think it's bad to talk to somebody. So, I mean, I would have to give Trump props on that. 
Uh, he could have went into the Iraq and Afghanistan thing as well and really got into the idea that, hey, we're trying to uh, pull troops back and so forth and we're going to bring the troops home and this and that. Um, he didn't talk about it, which I think is stupid. I think it was a missed opportunity because there are a lot of people that would vote for Donald Trump based upon the anti-war issue. Because that's the one place that I agree with him wholeheartedly, even though he does not really act on it. He talks but does not act as well as he should or as well as I think that he could. But I think there's a lot of deep state behind him as well. Donald Trump did say one thing. It's pretty funny because Joe Biden got into the camera and he started looking at the camera. And then uh, he does the whole look at look, looking in the camera and Joe Biden's like, you're sitting around your house trying to pay your bills at the table and you're deciding whether you're going to be able to put food on the table, if you're going to change the tires this month, if you're going to, you know, do this and do that. And it, it, you're hurt and you're struggling right now. You did that whole politician type thing, which is so lame. And Donald Trump pulled him, he uh, called him out and he says, listen, I'm not the typical politician. What Joe just did is what the typical polit- political thing does or political thing that politicians do. Then he's like, <clears throat> come on, Joe, you can do better than that. It was pretty funny. It was interesting the way that he did that. <clears throat> anyway, moving on, Obamacare. They talked a little bit about that as well. Um, you guys know where Donald Trump stands on it. He wants to get rid of the, uh, he got rid of the individual mandates or whatever, um, which is a executive order, so they could always come back under some other president. Uh, he didn't really technically get rid of them. Uh, he's Donald Trump says, I didn't try to get rid of it completely. Now we're just trying to run it better because it's hard. You can't really get rid of it without a ruling from the uh, federal bench. But we are going to protect people with pre-existing conditions, blah, blah, blah. And then they totally muted Trump about two minutes into it. They didn't do it to either of the two the entire time, but that one point... It muted Trump. It was very, very glaring that it happened. Biden wants to strengthen Obamacare. Uh, no one was going to lose their private insurance. He said Trump will not be able to protect the people with, with pre-existing conditions, he says. Um, they talked about socialized medicine. As if is, is Biden's plan a step towards socialized medicine? Guys, listen to me. Obamacare was a step towards socialized medicine. It was intended to be whenever they were passing it. It was a step towards single-payer health care system. And that's it. That Point blank, that is it. So when Biden said, no, it's not a step, yes, it is a step towards single-payer socialized medicine. That's the plan. I mean, we already have socialized medicine in some ways in America, but that is the plan. Don't let everyone tell you differently because it's true. Trump just said that Joe Biden wants socialized medicine, blah, blah, blah. You know, anyway, uh, they talked about stock market, and then the moderator let Biden go on and on after cutting off Trump one time, and then, and then uh, or after, after they, she cut off Trump, that's what I talked about earlier in the show, actually. She cut off Trump. Donald Trump um, was trying to talk, and she cut him off. Then Joe Biden says, I need to respond. She let him go on for like 30 seconds, and then then Donald Trump tried to respond again, and she cut him off again. It was just really glaring that uh, that she did that. I just thought it was kind of odd. Uh, coronavirus relief, they talked about that as well. 
Nancy Pelosi, Donald Trump says, Nancy Pelosi does not want it. And then Joe Biden said, then they, she asked Joe Biden, well, why don't you push for the Democrats to do something? And Joe Biden's like, they have done something. Look, they have this, you know, $5 trillion bill or whatever. And, uh, but the, no, neither of the groups are willing to negotiate. I could see it that Nancy Pelosi doesn't want anything right now because it's not going to, it'll only help out Donald Trump to make it look like he was able to get something done. They're not going to give him a win right now. We all know that. I mean, Wall Street should know that. The stock market should not be going up based upon the idea that we're going to get some sort of coronavirus relief before the before the election. It's not happening. But the hopes are there, I guess. But Nancy Pelosi doesn't want it. Uh, Donald Trump doesn't want it either because he can still play it as a political football as well. They talked about race and racism and stuff like that. Donald Trump says, you know, I'm the least racist person ever. Uh, Joe Biden's like, oh, yeah, you you are so racist and look at you how racist you are and all that stuff. Donald Trump talked about, listen, I got criminal justice reform done. I got prison reform done. I created opportunity zones. I gave money to historically black colleges, these long-term funding that they can never get before. Uh, I've done more for the African-American race than anybody since Abraham Lincoln. And maybe I've done more than Abraham Lincoln, but you know, I'll give him that. He's done more for the African-American community than I have. Joe Biden called Donald Trump. He says, Abraham Lincoln over here is the most racist person ever. It was really funny. And then Donald Trump called me, called me Abraham Lincoln. That was just a kind of funny little back and forth. But, but Joe Biden called Donald Trump Abraham Lincoln. Ah, whatever. Anyway. Uh, then they got into the environment. Uh, that was kind of the end of it, you know. Uh, Donald Trump says, you know, Joe Biden, if you elect him, he's going to destroy the oil industry, he's going to destroy the economy, he's going to destroy this, he's going to destroy that. Um, you know, then he says about the oil industry, he'll destroy the oil industry. Remember that, Texas? Because Joe Biden basically just said we're going to get rid of oil and natural gas and all fossil fuels by 2035. He made a mistake at one point. He says we want zero emissions by 2025. I think that was clearly a mistake because I think he went with 2035 or on the road to it or whatever. And then Donald Trump says, that'll essentially destroy the oil and gas industry. Joe Biden's like, well, we have to, we have to. And then Donald, that's when Donald Trump looks in the camera and says, he's going to destroy the oil and gas industry. Remember that, Texas, Pennsylvania. And then as the moderator starts doing, he says, Ohio. <laughs> it was really hilarious. Anyway, that was it, guys. That was the entire debate. Joe Biden got the last word. It was a pretty good last word. I'm going to unite you guys, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm the president of all you, not the, the, not the president of some, but all. And then, you know, whatever. Uh, Trump's closing remark was basically saying that, listen, successful United, successful. We're going to get back to being great again, this and that, successful United. Uh, but that was, the, I mean, it was not too much really crazy happened, obviously. It was a, you know, just a normal debate. It was, there wasn't lo too much screaming back and forth and bickering or whatever. Uh, I hate to see what the pundits are saying about it though, but I, I do not listen to the pundits before I do this show because I want to give you guys my first glance of the show of what I thought about it. Um, but anyway, guys, I appreciate you joining me for another debate episode. Uh, keep on coming back and listening to the show. You can do that by going to, uh, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcatcher okay so we do the show usually on mondays and thursdays so if you want to go and subscribe to the show if it's your first time listening 
Uh, you can check me out on IonTheEmpire.com. Also, Facebook and on Twitter, you can look at IonTheEmpire and you can find me there. Uh, five-star ratings are always helpful, so give me a five-star rating on your favorite uh, podcatching app as well. Apple Podcasts specifically lets you do the five-star ratings and reviews, so if you do that, I'd appreciate that. Uh, this is your debate episode. Thank you for joining me, and uh, come on back on Monday so you have clear vision for 2020.